Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to episode one of our newly launched Well Women Warrior podcast, where we have discussions and conversations about things that are affecting women and our total well-being. We'll have experts joining us, giving us tips and information so that we can learn how to navigate and um, achieve total well-being the right way. So today we're going to kick it off by talking about statistics, right? So statistics are important because they help us to either see where we need more help in certain areas, um, who needs the help and what needs to be done about certain challenges or issues in uh, society, in an environment, in the community and so forth. We're going to talk about the statistics of women's wellness. So let's start with 20 to 30 percent. What do you think that means? Well, in our research and more statistics that are popping up, 20 to 30 percent of women and minorities are more likely to be misdiagnosed in the healthcare system. Let's think about that. That's a lot. Uh, you know, especially if you are a minority woman, that thus increases your chances or your percentage of, uh, you know, chances of being misdiagnosed. And just about two, three weeks ago, Good Morning America actually had a segment that featured a lady who had lung cancer, but she didn't find out through the regular test or from the diagnoses that her doctors gave her she found out because she got COVID and then when her doctors came back to her said that they're sorry they you know misdiagnosed her or they were looking at the wrong report so you know at the end of the day did she get taken care of yes and is she fighting it yes but the chances of having, you know, um, I couldn't remember which stage she was in. But can you imagine your chances of living, surviving, um, or th- even thriving? They depend on that diagnosis and, and, and when you're being properly diagnosed. And then we're looking at another statistic. 40% of women eventually diagnosed with a serious autoimmune disease had at one point in time uh, been told by their doctor that they were just too concerned with their health and they are hypochondriacs. So if you are a woman and you're listening to this, of course, you're shaking your head or you may be part of part of that 40% that were misdiagnosed or you felt at one time or another dismissed. Why are these things happening, everybody? Well, that's what we're here to talk about. We're here to delve into um, is that learning that this should not be the norm. We should not be um, okay with accepting these numbers, these percentages, and we should not be okay with accepting an outcome or a um, diagnosis or um, a result if we feel that we need a second opinion, 
that we need uh, to look further into it or we just feel like it has to be more than this. No, it's not in your head. We have to remember and feel it's okay to not feel okay. If somebody ran 6 million tests on you and they came back and said, look, we still don't see anything wrong with you. Guess what? There are thousands and thousands of uh, experts out there who look at things differently, who approach things differently. And for example, conventional medicine. I had that experience. I thought I was having a heart attack or a stroke in a car. I couldn't grab onto my wheel pulled over and hopefully you all know as women strokes and heart attacks look different on us than they do men they look different on us individually from each other women are not one size fits all so things are going to be different in regards to even our health and statistics of our health so friend came took me to the emergency room spent six hours x-rays blood work lab work uh ct scan ultrasound you can name it. I'm sure the insurance company um, wasn't too happy. And I'm sure the hospital was happy. The fact that they were getting reimbursed for a lot of tests they put me through. But at the end of the day, was my pain still there? Yes. But did the test come out with a diagnosis or a, a reason why? No. I was sent home with Valium. Just like that lady or 40% who are called hypochondriacs, that's how I felt. So I went home. Did I take that volume? No, because I wasn't crazy. I wasn't, you know, as they would say, being a hypochondriac at the time. Pain is pain. And that's another thing. We should never be told how we should be feeling, that our pain is or should be dismissed. You are human, and if you feel pain, it's okay to feel that pain, and it's okay to say that you feel that pain. Don't let anyone ever tell you differently, because that pain can be signals that something else is going on that just so happens that one group or person or provider just didn't catch. So because we have such an awesome... Uh, concierge service with a lot of great providers who are also integrative and holistic and who work along with conventional medicine. That's what I turned to because conventional medicine was telling me, hey, you need a Valium. My pain was telling me differently. So went to the chiropractor who's amazing, um, holistic and integrative. And we went over the tests that were taken. She did her tests and found out there was a misplaced rib. Yes, folks, you heard it here. It happens more than you know. You know, with our, our cars, we're constantly getting them checked, aligned. Uh, we're getting oil put in them. Our bodies are no different. Just because we don't take out parts like tires and <laughs> and things, we still have to balance them out. And that's what chiropractic work, if you didn't know, is really great for. Especially if you have a good one who knows what they're doing and they're very well-rounded integratively anyway when we're turning picking up twisting as we're turning think about it our bodies are skeletal systems they're constantly moving so it made complete sense and she was able to adjust me and over that next two weeks but immediately I felt relief 
went back to my regular primary doctor and shared what I found. They were just, mouths were open. They couldn't believe it. They didn't understand. This is why people, it's so important that for us to change these statistics, to change these percentages of either being misdiagnosed, feeling dismissed, or, um, you know, feeling as if we're being told that we're hypochondriacs, that it's very good and important for us to seek second opinions. It's important for us to be in tuned and to listen to our bodies. This is how we change things. And this is how we also become wellness warriors. Yes, everybody, we're going to, we're going to share that um, title wellness warriors. Yes, we have to learn to fight, to speak up, and to learn to keep digging and searching for those answers if we're not happy with the ones that we're given. And it, you know, it just means that it's going to give you a greater chance to not be in those high percentiles for us, you know, to change the statistics of where women are having uh, more of the heart attacks, strokes, cancers, and things. Think about it. Misdiagnosed, something is there, it's festering, and it's growing, and it's getting worse. But if we're diagnosed correctly, if we don't take no for an answer, if we're, we don't, you know, uh, take being called a hypochondriac as an answer, and we find and seek those second opinions and those doctors and health and wellness providers who also are in tune with us and what we're going through and are able to help us navigate and find the correct answers and solutions. We're going to be able to decrease those numbers. So, uh, you know, takeaways, seek a second opinion. Don't take no. Don't let anybody tell you your pain is not real and uh, keep fighting for yourselves. So that's it for today, our Well Woman Warriors. We hope that you come back on our next episodes. We're excited about uh, this new lane we're going into, and that's to help you become the best wellness warriors for yourselves out there um, and also finding the right providers, the right solutions, all of that good stuff. Get your questions answered, but more importantly, we want you to be healthier, happier, better used for 2021 and beyond. So, thanks again for joining us, and uh, we hope to have you here again on our next episode. All right, everybody, have a great one. Stay well and be healthy. Take care. discussions and conversations about almost everything affecting women and their total well-being. My name is Piper Grigsby. I am your host and from time to time we will be joined by our amazing health and wellness experts who will give us tips, tools, and information so that we can learn how to navigate and achieve total well-being the right way. So let's kick off episode number two today. And this is a subject near and dear to, I believe, everybody's heart. Uh, It's a subject that has been in conversation throughout the pandemic, and it continues to be uh, the topic of many people's conversation, and that is self-care. 
we talk about how self-care, taking time for yourself is just so important, right? We hear or we always uh, say the quote, you can't pour from an empty cup. But it's very true if you really, really think about it. We as women, we are caregivers, nurturers. That's just how we were created and we don't complain about it. That's just who we are. However, you know, we've added, the fa- along with the family responsibilities, we've added uh, working for uh, businesses, running our own businesses, helping out in the community. And many of us who are now getting older, we're also taking care of our parents, becoming caretakers on that end of the spectrum. So there's a lot we're doing every day. We're giving out mentally, physically, emotionally of ourselves. But if we think about it, if we're not filling that cup back up, we can't keep pouring from it. Really just a parallel. If you have a uh, a teacup, and or of water and you're pouring it out and there's nothing left in it there's nothing left to pour same thing with us so self-care really has become not just a topic of conversation uh, but it's become a necessity to figure out how we can gain that balance but the thing too is that we want to gain balance in how we think about self-care how we're approaching it for ourselves Um, as many other things in life you know when something catches on fire everybody jumps on it Um, of course many or the majority of people mean very well especially when you care about people and you want to help people and you feel that that's as they would say your calling but others are opportunists let's just let's just say it for what it is and so self-care then has become a money maker self-care has become this um this way to uh, touch the masses and tap into what they're concerned about. So as consumers, as uh, people who are on the spectrum of receiving uh, this advice and this care, we also have to be very careful because we don't want to make self-care into something that has now become another dot on our list, another weight on our shoulders, another uh, mental stress, stressor, as you, uh, if you want to say, that we think about that if I don't do it, I'm not doing self-care, how to do it, how do I approach it, and then it just becomes this systematical thing that once you look at it, it's another ball of overwhelmingness that you don't want to touch, you know, like I, I have enough to do. And so many of us are not partaking. We're not doing it. So from our end of the spectrum, that's why it's so important to truly understand what self-care is, what it means to you as an individual, as a person, and let's talk about it. So let's first talk about what self-care isn't. So self-care isn't what for you, what others are saying it needs to be for you. So what does that mean? Well, we're individuals. As women, we are mighty masses, and there's a lot of us, but women are different, and so are our needs. And so what one person needs or a woman needs another woman, it's not for them. So let's talk about an example. Relaxation means different things to different people. Some people, relaxation is going in the corner, reading a book, 
listening to soft music and just putting their mind at ease. Some people, uh, relaxation is putting down the computer, shutting off the phone, and look, let's just say for me, playing Candy Crush. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, when you are caring, uh, I'm a care coordinator, I'm constantly talking to families, healthcare providers, and many other people trying to solve problems, issues, provide solutions, come up with solutions. Brain is always actively going. And then in your personal life, it's still doing that because you still have to care for the family and You know, your family members may have issues, uh, challenges, and concerns. And of course, you're wanting to make sure that they're taken care of just as you're taking care of the rest of the community. So that brain is actively going even when you're asleep. I mean, look, I have to put on white sound noises just to relax my brain and just get, you know, that's partial of my routine of getting a good night's sleep. So relaxation just means something different to other people. Some people it means going for a walk. Some people means going on vacation. So just as uh, that differs for many people, self-care is going to differ, differ for many people. It's going to differ for you. So let you know, when we hear about what self-care is supposed to be, what it's not, it's not a blueprint. It's not a blueprint um, approach for everybody. So then we need to talk about what does self-care mean? Self-care means that whatever you're doing for yourself, you should be coming away from whatever self-care routine, whatever self-care activity, you should be coming away with the three R's. What are they? Refreshment, rejuvenation, and recharge. You should be feeling those. So if you are doing a self-care activity that let's say, say, you know, or, um, you know, social media is telling you, this is great. This is the new thing. It's going to make you feel better. You should do it. You should try it. You should do it. And, you know, for some of us, when we're overwhelmed by social media, we're just like, okay, let me try this. It seems like everybody's doing well with it. But if you're not walking away from it with the three R's, it's not for you. That is not your self-care jam or your self-care thing. So, you know, get away from thinking self-care has to be a certain way, has to look a certain way, it has to feel a certain way. Uh, otherwise, it's not going to be successful. You have to understand what you respond to um, positively, how you're going to achieve those three R's. So self-care is going to differ just like our medical and health regimens are going to be different. Our health and wellness journeys, our weight loss journeys, all of those things are going to be different and they should be different because we're all different human beings. I mean, granted, you know, we look at statistics and we say, okay, statistically, give you an example. Okay. um, People ride that certain bike and they do that certain thing all the time that's going to work. You're going to lose this much weight and you're going to look like this. But that's not true. Some people, you know, they respond better to Pilates. They respond better to running. They respond better to swimming. So again, that journey is going to look different for different people. Same thing with self-care. So self-care, again, remember it has to have three R's, rejuvenation, recharging, and refreshment. If you're not feeling those things, not for you. Self-care, however, includes a variety of things. 
And so what does that mean? You know, self-care, it means so many different things. So let's break it down in areas. Self-care in regards to, you know, what makes you look and feel better. So that could be getting your nails done, getting your hair done, um, you know, um, you know, relaxing on a beach. It could mean, again, taking time to just be with you. But we want to make sure that, again, self-care is benefiting you physically, mentally, and emotionally. And so what does that mean is that you could have a great, you know, workout regimen, but then if your nutrition is off, um, if you're not getting enough sleep, all that you're putting into that workout regimen for self-care is not really going to um, be effective. So it has to be a balance. So you want to look at your whole routine, your likes, your dislikes, and make sure you're covering all the bases. So yes, definitely get your hair done, your nails done. Um, you know, I always say if your hair's not right, if it's not tight, then life is not right. <laughs> but you know, you, because it makes you feel good. And they say when you look good, you feel good. And that means again, different things to different people you don't have to look like everybody else but something that makes you look and feel good Uh, but you also do want to take time to look at your nutrition why do I say that because many of us again we're taking care of our families our children we're then running to the office or working at home as a pandemic it has changed many of our lives to where now those lines are not uh, separate and so you are then sleeping in the same area you're working in the same area you're taking care of your kids and your families in the same area all of those things and so we want to make sure that self-care means that you're taking time to eat to have lunch to have breakfast you know we get so busy that we're not doing those things Uh, Self-care means also to make sure you're paying attention about your health and your wellness uh, regimens as far as going to the doctor. You know, so many times we're worried about the kids. Oh, they fell. You're taking care of. Did you hurt your knee? Or, you know, your mother, your mother-in-law, your family uh, who may end up in the hospital. You're worried about everybody else. But are you going to the doctor? Are you going to your primary care doctor? Are you going to your OBGYN? Are you doing all of those things, your checkups and things that you need? So self-care can include that as well. Um, And again, just taking time for you, all the things that are going to affect your total well-being in a positive way. So again, you're coming away with the three R's, refreshment, rejuvenation, and recharging. And not letting the information on social media, the news, even in conversations to overwhelm you. It's good to remind each other about you need to do some self-care. You need to, you know, take care of yourself. That's great. But again, we don't want to overwhelm one another with putting each other in those boxes and setting blueprints and saying, if you don't follow this, then that's not really self-care. So that's about it, everybody. I mean, just 
thinking of those things is they're so important and we want you to feel better we want you to rock and roll and continue to be the rock star that you are in your family in your businesses um, and in your communities so we hope that some of these things are great takeaways and hey indulge in some self-care whatever that means so that you can be the best you that you can be so we just want to um, make sure that you tune in next time we are going to be uh, having our health and wellness experts join us very soon for upcoming episodes and also share this episode if you feel that somebody could truly uh, benefit from it because look we're all in this together and at the end of the day we just want you to be a healthier happier and better you so until next time everybody stay well be healthy and we look forward to having you here again on one woman warriors podcast